What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you, as usual, uh, with another solo video. Every Wednesday, we are going through the week's slate of games. We're going through matchup by matchup, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, who we're going to be starting, who we're going to be sitting, who we're going to be streaming, who's my start of the week's flexes, all that kind of stuff. So um, some quick housekeeping notes before we get into this. Uh, we are now on Patreon, patreon.com slash Exchange. Uh, if you guys, uh, as some of you requested, wish to support the show, you can go and do so there. Um, as far as like our weekly rankings and and start sit live streams and all that stuff, we're not going to be charging for that uh, stuff through the Patreon. So that stuff will all still be free. Rankings available at the fantasystockexchange.com, although we will post them to Patreon as well. And then uh, live streams, we'll, we'll, we'll keep those to just YouTube. We're not going to be uh, charging for that kind of stuff either because I know a lot of um, other people uh, YouTubers around there do charge for that kind of stuff. So, um, as always, I get this question in the comments a lot. There is timestamps in the description. If you want to go to a specific game, maybe you just want to know if you should start Jerry Judy, for example, you can go find the Denver game there and go right to that. Um, so one last housekeeping note before we get into the intro here is we have a new official sponsor. Myself and uh, Danny have been looking for an official sponsor of the fantasy stock exchange for a while. And uh, Jock Market, uh, our great friends at Jock Market, they are the new way to play daily fantasy. With Jock Market, uh, Jock MKT is how, actually how it's spelled. It's a daily uh, fantasy sports platform that's become a stock exchange, which is why we decided to partner with them. We think it's a very, um, a, a very cool like um, match made in heaven kind of thing because we are the fantasy stock exchange and they're kind of the stock exchange of daily fantasy sports. So let me tell you how it works. Each NFL Sunday, there's going to be an IPO, just like a, the regular stock market, initial public offering, where you can bid on your favorite players. I know myself, for example, I'm very good at knowing who against the Bucks defense is going to do well that week. So, for example, last week, I, I was a big fan of Noah Fant. I thought Noah Fant was going to give us a lot of troubles. So, if I have a strong feeling about Noah Fant, I can bid on Noah Fant and get him for, say, $10 a share. And, obviously, when, when this happens you can buy and sell shares of players in you, uh, with other users in real time. So if Noah Fant goes out there and he has a great game or has a great first quarter, even first half, I can sell him for maybe $15 when I only paid $10 a share for him. And then obviously I'm going to get a nice profit on that and vice versa. If someone's having a bad first half and you expect them to just have a good game in general, maybe you can go buy low on them and make money that way. Uh, with Jock Market, you can make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live, not just for the NFL, but they're also live for NBA and PGA as well. Take control of your fantasy sports experience. Right now is the easiest time to play. Also, before the Sharps catch on, eventually there's going to be some people who are really good at this game. And uh, you can take advantage right now because they do have um, uh, bots simulating and trading the market so that it is very easy to win as of right now. So download now on the App Store. Android is coming very soon. Now let's hit the intro. So the first game on the schedule, uh, TNF, or as I like to call it this week, totally nasty football. That is the Broncos and Jets. Sit both quarterbacks for the love of all that is holy. Neither of these guys should see the light of day in anyone's lineup. Broncos announced that Brett Rippon will be officially the starter. Just, just absolutely gross. In terms of the running back position, Melvin Gordon is obviously a start in this game. Fangio said that if Lindsey can play, he'll be on a pitch count. So, um, Gordon should be the primary uh, bell cow there. And to be fair, Gordon has had two of the best run defenses in the NFL the last two weeks in the Steelers and Bucks. He should be much better in this game on the ground. And he's always got his receiving uh, upside and, and uh, goal line carries as well. Broncos are still stout against the run despite some injuries though. So don't start any jets. Not like you were excited to start Frank Gore or whoever else anyway. But uh, yeah, just I would be sitting those guys because the Broncos are much uh, worse against the pass and they are against the run. Uh, wide receiver wise, Jerry Judy. I think you can flex him in this game. On the screen right now, you'll see the kind of wide receiver matchups against the Jets. Jerry Judy going up against Brian Poole, who I would probably say is their best corner, but Jerry Judy's also by far the best receiver on the, on the Broncos, in my opinion. I don't really want to start any of these guys if I can, but Judy's uber talented, uh, and he's received eight, seven, and nine targets so far this year, so I think he'll be flexible against a far worse defense than the one he played last week in Tampa Bay. 
KJ Hamler actually played the most snaps out of any Bronco uh, at 92%. So, I mean, if you absolutely have to, I think you can emergency flex him as like a, a wide receiver four option. He's probably like, I think he's like my wide receiver 48 right now. So there's plenty of better options out there than KJ Hamler, but I do think you can play him in an absolute pinch. Tight end wise, you start Noah Fant. And uh, I think you can stream Chris Herndon in this game. Fant has one of the worst matchups according to PFF, but he had 10 targets last week in Sutton's absence. So I'm not overly worried about that. Chris Herndon is a desperation play at tight end, obviously, because he hasn't really been good so far this year. But I do think he's streamable in what is a plus matchup against um, a pretty depleted Broncos defense right now. Um, On to the 1 p.m. games. We're going to get into uh, Drew Brees, or sorry, the New Orleans Saints versus the Detroit Lions. Drew Brees, I think you sit him in this game, and that might be kind of a hot take. I'll tell you why in a second. And then Matthew Stafford is actually my start of the week at quarterback. Uh, Breeze isn't necessarily like a huge sit. Like I wouldn't be sitting him for like, I don't know, someone bad, like a bad option like Derek Carr. Like don't sit him for Derek Carr. But it is worth noting that the Lions have been far better this year uh, against the pass than they have been against the run. And in general, the Lions have actually, in, in the past, it's kind of been the opposite because they had guys like Snacks Harrison and and Trey Flowers up the middle kind of clogging up the run lanes, and they had kind of bad uh, safety and, and corner play. But this year, they've been much worse against the run than the past. So I think um, they're allowing the one of the fewest points to the fantasy quarterback position so far this season, and I think this is an Alvin Kamara game. Stafford faces pretty much the exact opposite scenario. The Saints are one of the most pass-friendly defenses in the NFL thus far, sixth most points uh, to fantasy quarterbacks, and have absolutely been clamps against the running back. I don't think there's any chance that I mean, we'll get into the running backs right now. Duh, you start Alvin Kamara. And for the Lions, I don't want to start anyone because as I just mentioned, the Saints have been very good against the run this, uh, so far this season. Uh, DeAndre Swift only played 8% of snaps in week three. So you can't start him until his role increases. And then a tough matchup on the ground for Adrian Peterson, as I just mentioned. So I don't want to start him either. Wide receiver wise, the, the matchups for the Detroit Lions wide receivers will be on the screen right now. I think you could start Kenny Galladay going up against Marshawn Lattimore. I know it's um, kind of a tough matchup, and I I would expect uh, Lattimore to be shadowing Kenny Galladay. But Lattimore hasn't been the hottest uh, corner in the game so far this season, and Kenny looked really good coming back off of his injury. Um, I mean, Marvin Jones, like, he's got to have a good game in this one. He hasn't really had a good game uh, despite having some good matchups so far this season, but I think this is a great spot for him to do well as the uh, Cardinals pass defense last week that they played is it's actually a much a tougher matchup than we initially anticipated. So this one is 100% a good matchup for Marvin Jones going up against Janoris Jenkins. So he better perform in this one. Otherwise I think he's probably droppable uh, on the Saints side of things. Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, Deontay Harris. I don't really like, I don't really want to start any of these guys, but I guess if you absolutely have to, you could flex Emmanuel Sanders, but I don't really want to start any of them if I can help it. As I just mentioned, I think this is uh, an Alvin Kamara game. I think Alvin Kamara probably provides most of the Saints offense and probably Latavius Murray and Jared Cook as well. Uh, Speaking of Jared Cook, I think both guys are startable. TJ Hawkinson is actually my start of the week. The Saints have been terrible against tight ends, allowing good stat lines in every week so far this season to the tight end position. Uh, TJ Hawkinson performed and got a lot of targets, even with Kenny Galladay coming back. So I think you can throw him into your lineup with relative certainty going forward. Um, and then both of these teams have like really struggling safeties who are the primary defenders in Malcolm Jenkins and Tracy Walker. So I also think, uh, Jared Cook is a good matchup as well. Um, onto the chargers and bucks at the quarterback position. Justin Herbert is actually my sit of the week. Uh, the bucks defense is allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. As I've mentioned already, this defense is legit and a rookie quarterback is going to be disoriented going against uh, Todd Bowles who just absolutely blitzes the living shit out of people and they're often exotic blitzes. So I I just think Justin Herbert's going to have a rough game in this one. Um, I think you can fire up Tom Brady pending Chris Godwin's health. It's actually been announced now that Chris Godwin is going to miss this game. I still think you could start Brady as like a top 18 quarterback, but not as like a top 15, 14 quarterback as I would have had him ranked had Godwin been playing. Even then he's streamable against like a banged up uh, Los Angeles Chargers defense that just uh, actually lost Chris Harris Jr., Running back wise, I think you uh, start Eckler and you sit Kelly. Um, I think in the Bucks backfield is just a complete mess. I think you can flex both running backs if you enjoy headaches, to be honest. Like, here's what we know about the Bucks backfield. When Ronald Jones, who's still currently the starter, makes mistakes, he gets benched. Otherwise, he leads the team in snaps and he leads the team in opportunities. 
it is really a committee and Bruce Arians just absolutely does not care about our fantasy teams. I know we want him to care about our fantasy teams and just pick one Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones. But to be honest, these guys complement each other. Well, as a Bucks fan, I've noticed it and it will take an injury to start one of them very confidently, but you can flex both. I think week in and week out, and especially in this matchup as top 36 offense uh, options, given the offense that they play in uh, wide receiver wise. I think you definitely start Mike Evans. Scotty Miller is actually my start of the week at the wide receiver position. Now that we know on the screen right now, Ian Rappaport uh, saying that Chris Godwin will be out for this game because he has a mild hamstring pull and probably out for next Thursday's contest as well. If, uh, if you need a good waiver pickup to last you like two weeks that you can use him, I think Scotty Miller definitely fits the bill for that. And then on the Chargers side of things, I think Keenan Allen is really the only startable receiver there. Um, as I mentioned, the wide receiver matchups, according to PFF, they actually have Chris Godwin in here, but it'll probably be like, um, Tyler Johnson or Justin Watson taking over his place in the slot. Uh, Scotty Miller is supposed to see, um, uh, it'll, it, I think this is all wrong, to be honest. I think Scotty Miller is going to see Michael Davis because I expect Casey Hayward to shadow Mike Evans, especially with Chris Godwin out. Um, but the, the big news here is that Chris Harris Jr. is not playing. He is out for the, for the foreseeable future. And I think the secondary option who right now is Scotty Miller um, should do well in this game. And uh, onto the Charger side of things, Keenan Allen is expected to go up against Sean Murphy Bunting, who actually left um, Sunday's game with an injury. Uh, and if, he, if he's unable to go, it'll be rookie Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, who is currently the free safety and the backup nickel uh, used in the slot. And I think that's actually like a pretty reasonable trade-off because Winfield is just playing absolutely out of his mind. Either way, though, Keenan Allen has solid volume, and he's, he's just a great route runner and a great player, so he should be fine in this one. Tight end-wise, you fire Hunter Henry up because I think – I said it with Noah Fant last week. This is the way to beat the Bucks defense. Tight ends are the kryptonite of the Bucks defense. You basically uh, just know for a fact that Devin White and, uh, and Jordan Whitehead are the primary defenders of uh, the tight end position, and the tight end position has basically just exploited us over the middle of the field consistently – so I think Hunter Henry should have a solid target share in this one, should catch a couple of balls, uh, maybe get like 60, 70 yards and a touchdown in this one. Um, if you want to spin the wheel of Bucks tight ends, you can. I think it should be a, a good matchup against the compl- uh, depleted linebacking and safety core of Los Angeles. If I had to pick one, I guess I would probably go with Gronk because he kind of showed um, to be kind of useful last week. But I honestly, like if you picked Howard, I don't really blame you. I don't really want to start either of them though. If I'm faced with a choice, I think there's much better streamers out there. Um, to the next game, Jaguars at Bengals. Quarterback, Gardner Minshew, you can stream him. And uh, Joe Burrow, you start him. So both guys are currently top 16 options with me, with Burrow being in my top 12. I think they're always, both of these guys are great for high volume and rushing upside. That's basically what we want out of quarterbacks. We want them to throw a lot and run when they're in trouble. Um, as I mentioned, give me Burrow over Minshew if you have both and you're faced with a choice, like I am in one league. Um I think on Minshew's side of things, the one worry is that Robinson is the guy that gets all the scoring. And on to the running back position, obviously you start James Robinson and I think you also start Joe Mixon. I know some people are really worried about Joe Mixon. I'll get to him in a second, but James Robinson is an every week start officially. And he's in a smash matchup versus a bottom six uh, run defense and uh, a defense that's just giving up fantasy points galore to the running back position. One thing on Joe Mixon, the dude is averaging 19 touches per game. And the Bengals run blocking is actually not terrible. It's like 23rd in the league, which isn't like the worst in the league. It's actually better than the Cowboys and the Steelers and their running backs are performing just fine. So I think we need to face the fact that Joe Mixon is just not playing well. Like he's not, he's not making people miss. He's not like the same Joe Mixon that we've already seen. He's actually running a lot of routes as well. He's just, he's getting feature back volume and snap percentage and just not doing much with it. So hopefully Joe Mixon is able to just start playing better because that's really all it comes down to in my opinion. Also, they're running, they're throwing the ball like crazy. And if they get in a good game script, which I think is possible in this game, I think the Bengals are actually the better team. And uh, they, they could, we could see a lot more of Joe Mixon getting some carries in this one. So I think this could be the Joe Mixon get right game. And I think your buy low window on Joe Mixon is probably closing because I do think he's still going to be like a top 15 running back going forward for the rest of the season. Is he going to have top six, seven, eight upside? Probably not. But I do think he's going to be like a top eight to 15 running back the whole season. So to the wide receiver position, um, DJ Chark is supposed to be on track to start this game. Uh, of course, that could change at any point, but I think you you definitely start DJ Chark if he's playing. Tyler Boyd, you start as well. And then as far as the like kind of tertiary receivers, I think you could flex T. Higgins, you could flex AJ Green, and you could flex LaVisca Chenault. Um, 
like according to the uh, matchup chart, they have Chris Conley, LaVisca Chenault, and Keelan Cole starting for the Jaguars, but I do think DJ Chark plays based on what I've read so far. So you could slot him ahead of Conley. Uh, and then DJ Chark will be going up against William Jackson, who, I mean, he's been pretty solid this season, but I think DJ Chark can handle him. Uh, LaVisca Chenault against Darius Phillips. That should be uh, a pretty a pretty close matchup. Apparently Darius Phillips has been playing well, but I do think LaVisca Chenault can take advantage of that. Um, Chenault, uh, as I just mentioned, has a very uh, nice snap share, only 13 snaps behind Keelan Cole, who actually leads the team. So I think you can pretty confidently flex uh, uh, LaVisca Chenault in this matchup because I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. Uh, we're kind of pending shadow data for the, uh, from the Bengals side of things. We don't know if CJ Henderson or Trey Herndon or any of these guys are going to be shadowing AJ Green. If I had to guess, I think they're going to put CJ Henderson on AJ Green. And to me, that only makes T Higgins and Tyler Boyd more, um, more attractive as, as, as plays. I think Tyler Boyd is an every week starter, but T Higgins is definitely a flex starter. If we get word that AJ Green is going to be shadowed by CJ Henderson, who is by far the best corner on the Jaguars. And uh, once I get the PFF shadow data, I will put it in the comments section. So you can go to the comments and, and read it there. By the time you're seeing this, it'll probably be there. Uh, tight end wise, both guys are streamers. Give me a sample over Eifert if faced with a choice, but they're both kind of low end uh, tight end two options. If you're really in a pinch, if you have, for example, uh, I'll get to these games in a second, but um, if you have a guy like Jonu Smith or a guy like um, a guy like Jordan Atkins or, or Eric Ebron, some of these guys that might not play because of the whole COVID situation, give me a guy like Drew Sample if you can get him off the waiver wire to slot in in case you have Jonu Smith or something and you need a, a, a backup tight end in case the Titans game gets canceled or whatever. So uh, as I just teased there, uh, the Vikings at the Texans is the next game that we have here. And the Vikings obviously came in contact with the Tennessee Titans this past week because they played them. Uh, according to uh, multiple reports, there's no actual like positive cases on the Vikings roster. So I think this game will probably go off without a hitch, but the other game is kind of more so my concern. Uh, quarterback wise, you sit Kirk Cousins in this game, I think. Be, like, I don't know. Kirk Cousins is a solid option, I would say. Like he's probably a top 24 quarterback in this game, but I think there's just way better options. Uh, and then Deshaun Watson, you definitely start in this one. I know, and as I just mentioned, I know Kirk Cousins had kind of like a bounce back, but the Texans have actually been one of the worst teams against fantasy running backs and have actually been not that bad against uh, the pass, despite facing Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Big Ben the first three weeks of the season. So I might've been wrong about the Texans defense, thinking that they were like this huge smash matchup for receivers and quarterbacks. It, it actually looks like to be the opposite. It looks like running backs are just absolutely feasting on the Texans run defense. And, um, and yeah, so we'll get into the running back position in a second. So this kind of screams a Dalvin Cook game, in my opinion. I think um, Dalvin Cook, in terms of like effectiveness, has has been exactly what we thought. We kind of just saw a, more so of a downgrade from the Vikings offense the first two weeks as compared to last week. So I think Dalvin Cook, uh, no worries in this one. As I mentioned with Deshaun Watson, he finally has an easy pass defense. Hallelujah. Like Deshaun Watson is going to be able to finally cook in this game. Um, from the running perspective of the Houston Texans, David Johnson has actually been much more efficient than I expected. Of course, I've already kind of admitted defeat on David Johnson in terms of um, how he's looked and all that stuff. I know his production hasn't been the greatest in the world uh, going up against the top, uh, the two fronts that he went up against the first uh, or the past two weeks, but he's forcing more missed tackles per attempt than he has since 2015. So he's obviously looking a lot better. And then uh, wide receiver wise, uh, to me, I, I, like, I'm not worried about Adam Thielen at all. I know some people are a little bit worried that Justin Jefferson might take over the role or whatever. Don't be worried about Adam Thielen. You, I think you can emergency flex Justin Jefferson if you need to. I, I still kind of want to see him do it again, to be honest. I'm not really fully bought in that he's like this wide receiver two on their team. Uh, the Houston Texans guys, I think you could fire them both up. On the point of Thielen, uh, I'll put this on the screen right now, but Ian Hartz tweeted this out. And if you're not following him, he's one of my favorite Twitter followers. He tweets out great stuff all the time. Uh, Adam Thielen actually has a 30% target share right now. And as you can see with some of the other guys there too, I'm not worried about Adam Thielen whatsoever. So um, if you can, uh, like he has one of the highest percentages of his team's air yards, target shares, he's playing great. He has one of the best PFF grades versus single coverage. I think he's one of the best buy lows in fantasy right now. And I know he didn't, he hasn't necessarily had bad stat lines, but I think the best is yet to come for Adam Thielen. And you'll kind of see that play out as the season goes along. As I mentioned with Justin Jefferson, I'm excited given the matchup against Vernon Hargraves, which will be on the screen right now. Um, but he's my wide receiver 46 behind Preston Williams, LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins, Emmanuel Sanders, and Jerry Judy for reference. 
the reason is, is because I, I just, I, like I basically just said it, I want to see him do it again because I think this might've been kind of a fluke game. We'll see if he gets more involved in the passing game, but I do think you can flex him if you need to, if you um, have some guys that are hurt or whatever, if you have Godwin or Chark or whoever else might not play AJ Brown or whatever like that. So the next, uh, the next kind of uh, wide receiver matchups thing we'll get to is the Texans receivers on the Vikings corners. Cooks and Fuller obviously have great matchups against Holton Hill and Chris Boyd, as well as Randall Cobb actually doesn't have a bad matchup against Jeff Gladney. So I think, I mean, I wouldn't be starting Randall Cobb, but the other two guys for sure, I think they're in for a rough day against the Texans passing offense. I think this is kind of the get right game for Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Tight end wise, uh, I don't really want to start anyone on the Vikings uh, tight ends. I think they're kind of just like a tight end by committee. And then on the Houston side of things, I think maybe Akins, if you need an abs like an absolute desperation play, a low end streamer that you can just pick off the waiver wire and, and start in your lineup. Maybe someone gets injured or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's gonna do it for this game. On to the next game: Seahawks at Dolphins. Quarterback dangerous. You never sit him. Guys on a fast track to the MVP. And I think you can stream Ryan Fitzpatrick as well in this game. Um, Obviously, Fitzpatrick draws a pass defense that has allowed 300 yards more than any pass defense in the NFL. I, I mean, like Ryan Fitzpatrick is a hot and cold quarterback. He had a really good game last week. So there's, I actually kind of have this weird gut feeling that he might be terrible in this game, given the nature of, of Fitz magic and Fitz tragic. And we, we could even see Tua in this game if it, if it goes, if they go down big early, it's never a good thing when you go down huge early in a game. And I think the Seahawks are just going to absolutely put the pedal to the metal on on the Dolphins defense in this game. And we might see Fitzpatrick playing from behind, which could end well for fantasy. It might not end well. We'll, we'll see. But I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a streamable option just because of projected game script and, and all that kind of stuff. But it wouldn't shock me if he disappointed. Running back wise, Carlos Hyde is actually, I think you could start him. Like he's a, a flex play as well as Miles Gaskin. Uh, Carlos Hyde should see a large number of carries in Chris Carson's absence uh, and could get into the end zone based on like the projected scoring in this game. I would start Carlos Hyde over Josh Kelly. I would start him over Jeff Wilson. I would start him over the Bucks running backs. I think Carlos Hyde is like kind of like a top 30 option, like a sneaky top 30 option this week because he should be in for a lot of volume and a good offense. Miles Gaskin should be locked and loaded coming off of a 27 touch uh, performance in which he had 75% of the snaps. Hopefully Jordan Howard can screw off with the, with the goal line carries, but I think, um, Miles Gaskin's a guy that we need to start looking at. He's really low in ECR for some reason. He's like RB38 in ECR. Maybe it hasn't updated yet, but I have him in like my top 26 right now. I think he's, or sorry, my top 24 right now. I have him like RB21. So I think he's definitely going to be usable in this matchup. Wide receiver wise, um, DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett are going up against some pretty easy matchups. DK Metcalf against Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard's a good corner, but DK Metcalf has shown that that doesn't really matter. Tyler Lockett going up against Jamal Perry is just an absolutely advantage Tyler Lockett. So you can fire both of those guys up with extreme, extreme confidence. Um, the Seahawks pass defense, as I mentioned, has allowed 47.9 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Uh, and second place is Dallas with 34. So it's a huge gap between first and second place. I think Preston Williams and Devontae Parker are both startable in this game with Preston Williams going up against Trey Flowers and Devontae Parker going up against Shaq Griffin. I think they both have some flex viability in this game. Tight end wise, I think Don Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki is becoming a, kind of like an every week starter with the way he's playing. And uh, tight end wise for the Seahawks, I'm not messing with Greg Olson. I, I know he had a good game last week, but I, I the, the guy is so slow and he's going to be in the broadcast booth in a couple months. Like I, I don't really want to mess with Greg Olson. On to the next game, uh, Steelers and Titans. So this one comes with a huge asterisk that this might be moved. Hey, so just a quick note on this game. I didn't actually know it was postponed when I was recording this, but uh, the NFL officially postponed this game. They're going to have uh, details on when this game is actually going to take place uh, soon. Maybe you already know that at the time that you're watching this, but Monday or Tuesday, I guess, is what they're aiming for. So just a quick note before I get into this game, I didn't actually know that they postponed it. Right, It happened like shortly after I was done recording. Quarterback-wise, uh, if this game happens, you start Ben Roethlisberger and you sit Ryan Tannehill. We don't actually – and another thing, we don't actually know who has COVID on the Titans. It might be Derrick Henry, and that's why they covered it up or some shit. Um, so we'll have to wait and see who exactly has COVID. But as of right now, I'm just going to pretend that everyone's playing. Uh, so, yeah, Big Ben, start, and I would sit Ryan Tannehill. Uh, it's a great defense, but Ryan Tannehill um, might be forced to throw a bit more. So I, I do think he's a sit because it is a great defense and a great pass rush. But – it is worth noting that Derrick Henry will probably have a bad game in this one because the, the Steelers have been absolutely locked down against running backs this season. So I have Ryan Tannehill as a sit, but I could see him 
thrust into a role where he has to throw the ball and he's not that bad from that perspective. He's like my quarterback 20 right now. So he's kind of right on that border of start sit. Uh, running back wise, duh and duh, even though uh, Derrick Henry has a bad matchup in this one. Uh, if you bought low on him, congrats. Cause I think he's going to be every bit the stud that he's always been. James Conner is clearly back to his old self, in my opinion, as long as he's healthy and on the field, he's locked in for 15 plus carries a couple of receptions and a 65% snap share. And then the, the majority of goal line carries like James Conner, as long as he's healthy is going to be great. If you're worried about him eventually getting injured, then maybe you trade him away. But um, for now you definitely lock him into your lineup wide receiver wise. You start both P- Pittsburgh wide receivers, Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster are both going up against Malcolm Butler and Christian Fulton. And if you notice on the screen right now, it says chase Claypool is the third receiver and not James Washington. I don't know if that's something PFF saw from last week or whatever, but uh, that's good news for Big Ben if Chase Claypool is the, is the third receiver officially in snaps now because, I mean, Chase Claypool is just thoroughly outplayed James Washington, and I think um, that only benefits the offense in general. And I'm of the belief that a better offense benefits everyone. Like, Chase Claypool being good benefits Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson more than it hurts them because it just means the offense is going to score more points. Uh, Deontay and uh, Juju, I think, are, are set to go absolutely stupid in this game as they are thoroughly more talented than the matchups uh, that they have, and they have a plethora of volume headed their way against a weaker pass defense than a lot of people probably think. Corey Davis is uh, going up against Joe Hayden, who's actually struggled um, pretty mightily in coverage so far this season, and I think Joe Hayden might be a little bit past his prime, to be honest. Um, and the Steelers, as I mentioned, have been far more forgiving of fantasy ride receivers than they have been of running backs. Um, in terms of tight ends in this one, Jonu Smith is an every week start. You don't sit him. But uh, Eric Ebron is looking like he's kind of coming on as like a, a fl- uh, like a streaming option for the Steelers, which I kind of expected to be honest. But if you need a if you need a tight end in a pinch, I think you can flex Eric Ebron. Um, on to the next game: Browns at Cowboys. Quarterback uh, Baker Mayfield. I think you sit him, and that might be kind of a hot take because I know everyone kind of expects a lot of scoring in this one. Uh, I'll explain that in a bit. But and then duh, you start Dak Prescott. But Baker sees an upgrade from a usually his usually unstartable status. Usually Baker Mayfield, I'm not even considering starting, but I'm not rushing to start him either. As I mentioned, I know in ECR he's like a lot higher than I have him. I think he's like 18 or something in ECR. So the experts are a lot higher on Baker Mayfield than I am because he plays a bad pass defense, right? But Dallas has been bad against the run too, and we all know this team loves to run. And segueing into the running back position, you could start all three of them, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and Zeke Elliott. All those guys are every week starts, in my opinion. I think you chalk up the usual 15 uh, super efficient touches for Hunt and then most of the receiving work, and then those other two guys are just going to be absolute beasts on the ground. I think the way the Browns get by in this game, whether they win or lose, is they run the ball. And I don't think Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are going to get out to some massive lead where Baker's forced to throw from behind because I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are that good of a team. I think... They're, they're like a 10-win team, and I think uh, Baker and the Browns, if they get off to a good start running the ball, can keep pace with them, and they're not going to be forced to throw the ball like crazy. Um, wide receiver-wise, I think you can uh, start slash flex like all the major five receivers in this game. Um, from the Browns' perspective, Odell Beckham is expected to go up against Daryl Worley, who's kind of banged up. Jarvis Landry against Jordan Lewis. OBJ, I think you can start with confidence in this game. We've seen he has a pretty high target share uh, in his offense. Jarvis, you can flex, but... I mean, Jarvis is kind of playing bad, to be honest. He's not getting a lot of volume. I'd rather play a guy like Brandon Cooks, John Brown, Corey Davis, Scotty Miller over uh, Jarvis Landry because he's really just not been the volume hog that Jarvis Landry has always been his entire career. Um, From the Cowboys' perspective, you see Gallup is going up against Terrence Mitchell. Amari Cooper is going up against Denzel Ward. We're not like maybe he shadows him. I'd imagine he probably will. And then CeeDee Lamb going up against Tavari, uh, Tavari Thomas. I don't even know who that is. Um, so as I mentioned, Ward might, might shadow Cooper. So I think the other two guys may be the ones to steal the show in this one, and Cooper might have a down game. All three, though, are our top 30 options for me. I do have Cooper a little bit lower than Consensus. Consensus has him at like six. I have him at like 12. Um, and I think uh, CD Lamb, Gallup, and them are, are all like starts. I think they're both in my top 26. Um, tight end-wise, I guess you can stream Austin Hooper in this one just because we do expect a little bit more passing than usual. But – uh, I don't really want to stream Austin Hooper. I kind of don't even want to own Austin Hooper at this point. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think you can stream. And I would actually stream Dalton Schultz way over Austin Hooper because he's getting the snap share. He's getting the target share and he's looking good as we thought uh, might be the case for Blake Jarwin uh, coming into the season. All right. On to the next game, Cardinals and Panthers. Uh, quarterback wise, duh, you start Kyler Murray every week. 
and I think you sit Teddy Bridgewater in this one. The cards have actually been very solid against the pass and, I, and kind of weaker against the run. So I think Bridgewater's startable at a pinch, but I'd rather start a guy like uh, Fitzpatrick, Wentz, Tannehill, and Baker all over Teddy Bridgewater in this one. Uh, running back-wise, I think you could fire them both up, obviously. Drake, I'm, I'm going to be really concerned if Drake doesn't have a good game in this one because similar to Joe Mixon, he honestly just isn't playing well. Detroit was an easy matchup for him last week. And he had kind of like a mass stat line against him. And he's also getting virtually no receiving floor this year. I personally, I thought Kenyon Drake was going to be a four to five target guy per game, like week in and week out, even with Chase Edmonds there. And he's getting like two targets a game, which is not great. Uh, Mike Davis, on the other hand, is basically 75% of CMC's volume uh, so far. And I think you can fire him up as a top 25 back this week, because I think the Cardinals are uh, weaker against the um, run than they are against the pass. Uh, wide receiver wise, um, obviously, duh, you start DeAndre Hopkins. I think like the second receiver on the Cardinals is such a, like a, a revolving door. Like Larry Fitzgerald, I don't want to start him in this game, even though I think it's an okay matchup. Um, but Andy Isabella is someone to keep an eye on in terms of like waiver wire speed dial, because he's just been super effective with the, with the limited volume he's seen so far in his career. So maybe the, like as Christian Kirk, like continues to be banged up or whatever, maybe like Andy Isabella kind of works his way into the starting lineup a bit more. Either way, just a name to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be starting Fitz or uh, or and Andy Isabella in this one. Just DeAndre Hawkins from the from the Cardinals perspective. Uh, as far as the Panthers goes, I'm kind of awaiting PFF's data, as I mentioned. But as of now, it's not exp- like I don't think that Patrick Peterson is going to be shadowing DJ Moore. My logic is whichever of the two, DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson, doesn't see primary coverage from Patrick Peterson, and you can see on the screen right now, it does say Patrick Peterson is set to be on Robbie Anderson, unless we hear otherwise of projected shadows or whatever. Um, the other one is probably going to have the better game. If, if Moore has Patrick Peterson on him, it's probably going to be Robbie Anderson game. If Robbie Anderson has Patrick Peterson on him, it's probably going to be a DJ Moore game. For my DJ Moore sake, uh, or my DJ Moore share's sake, I really hope it's Robbie Anderson on Patrick Peterson because I need a blow-up game from DJ Moore. But anyways, uh, Hopkins, uh, as I already touched on, he draws Dante Jackson, who should be absolutely destroyed uh, by DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who's actually my wide receiver one on the week. Uh, tight end wise, you absolutely start zero tight ends in this game. Ian Thomas is not a thing. Uh, we, we had a, we thought he might be in the off season, but he's definitely not a thing. And then the Cardinals just don't use tight ends. So Colts and bears, uh, the next game quarterback wise, I know Foles had a decent game, but you sit both guys in this one. I don't want to start Phillip rivers or Nick Foles. Neither of them have a rushing floor and they're both just not very good quarterbacks running back wise. You start Taylor and you start Montgomery Taylor's low snap count. Doesn't really concern me at all. They were blowing the jets out and, um, they, they kind of just took Taylor off the field and used Jordan Wilkins to salt the, the game away. But I am a little concerned that Jonathan Taylor hasn't like quote unquote looked the part of the, the stud like 2000 yard rusher in college that we thought he kind of looks a little bit, I don't want to say slow and sluggish, but he just looks like he's thinking too much. And that's, that's okay for a rookie running back. I think the game will slow down for him a little bit, but I haven't seen Jonathan Taylor like look like a stud running back yet. He's not Nick Chubb yet. Nick Chubb looks like a stud on every carry he has. And even though Taylor was my, or my comparison for Taylor was Nick Chubb, I don't think he's there yet. So I think as of right now, Jonathan Taylor is more of a volume play than anything. But again, his snap share, his volume is, is all great. Um, Montgomery wise, uh, I think it's a pretty stout run defense. The Colts have actually been quite good uh, as far as a total defense and especially against the run. But I, as usual with Montgomery, the volume will be there. He's going to get carries. He'll probably get more receptions now that Tariq Cohen's out for the year. Uh, so you can fire up David Montgomery as like a, a top 20 running back, I would say. Uh, wide receiver wise, you start A-Rob and you emergency flex Anthony Miller and T.Y. Hilton. So A-Rob is back, obviously. He's revitalized with how uh, Nick Foles just played and we'll see how things kind of shake out going forward. I think Anthony Miller sees an uptick with Nick Foles. And also, as I pointed to in the offseason, Foles loved his slot receiver in Philadelphia. He used Nelson Aguilar a lot more than Nelson Aguilar deserves to be used. And we saw in the, in the half that, that Foles played with the Bears so far, he, he had a chemistry with, uh, with Anthony Miller. And I think Anthony Miller is kind of like a middling wide receiver three going forward, in my opinion. And uh, to be honest, I'm sitting all Colts wide receivers if I can. T.Y. Hilton is actually playing less than 60% of the snaps the last two games. And I know they just blew out the Jets, but even before that, he was playing less than 60%. And he's yet to exceed four catches in a single game. I have no idea why T.Y. Hilton is still... 26 in ECR. Like to me, that's just absolutely ludicrous. I think he's a fringe flex guy behind guys like Judy, Ayuk, 
uh, Preston Williams, LaVisca Chanel. Like, I think this is the territory that T.Y. Hilton belongs in. This is a run-first offense. Phillip Rivers isn't very good. I don't feel like I need to own any of these pass catchers, to be honest. Even um, even though Paris Campbell and uh, Michael Pittman are out, I'm just really not excited about T.Y. Hilton. Um, as far as the Bears cornerback matchups, I'll put that on the screen right now. But Allen Robinson is expected to see Xavier Rhodes, who's actually been good so far this season. Maybe he's a little uh, revitalized in the uh, in the Colts scheme as a, uh, opposed to in Minnesota. So that might be a bit of a tougher matchup than it, it looked like last year. But Anthony Miller going up against Kenny Moore is probably going to be advantage Miller, in my opinion. And uh, Anthony Miller might have a solid game in this one. Uh, tight end-wise, both of these guys have actually kind of proven to be good streamers. Jack Doyle was actually out-snapped. He played in this game, and I didn't think he was going to. But Jack Doyle was out-snapped in this game by Moali Cox. And I think that trend will continue because Doyle, like, he looks like he's kind of just like a catch-and-fall-down type of tight end at this point in his career. And Mo Ali Cox kind of looks good, to be honest. Like, and uh, and yeah, Doyle is just banged up in general. So uh, Jimmy Graham, I think, is still a streamable option as well. Give me Cox over Graham if I'm faced with a choice. But um, we saw Graham used a lot last week, and maybe Nick Foles helps that as well. I know some people are probably going to peddle the Foles loves his tight end narrative. It's probably true, but either way, I don't really want to start Jimmy Graham. Uh, I'd rather start a guy like Mo Ali Cox in place of him. Uh, On to the Ravens at the Washington football team, quarterback wise. Um, both of these are easy decisions. You start Dwayne, uh, you st- not Dwayne Haskins. You start Lamar Jackson every week and you sit Dwayne Haskins every week. I don't care who his matchup is running back wise. I think you can emergency flex both of the Ravens running backs and you can flex Gibson. Um, I don't really want to start anyone from the Ravens backfield until there's an injury or the coaching staff just realizes that JK Dobbins is clearly better than Mark Ingram. And I also think Gus Edwards is better than Mark Ingram at this point in his career too. Mark Ingram just doesn't look good. If you have Mark Ingram and you can sell based on name value, I would. Like, I, I think there's, it's only a matter of time before he either gets injured because he looks old and slow or uh, Dobbins and Edwards just start out snapping him and out targeting him and out uh, carrying him and shit. Like, I just think Mark Ingram is kind of washed at this point. He's more of like a locker room presence for them. Um, a different guy leads this backfield and snaps and opportunities every week. Ingram is the guy to start this week, I would say, but who the hell knows? Like, to be honest, like on the screen right now, you'll see the snap rates. From last week, J.K. Dobbins outsnapped everyone, mainly because J.K. Dobbins is the third down guy and they were down in this game. But the rate of carries, as you can see, like he only got one carry like J.K. Dobbins. Like it's just kind of a mess right now. So I don't want to start any of these guys if I can help it, but it is a great offense. It's a great rushing offense. So if you have to start Mark Ingram, he's the guy I would start. Um, I think you can flex Antonio Gibson still. He's still the primary runner. Um, but if the game script in this one gets way out of hand, which it really it, it could get out of hand because Dwayne Haskins is playing like shit and the Ravens are probably pissed off that they lost to the uh, to the Chiefs and they're probably going to lambast the, uh, the Washington football team in this one. We could see a lot of J.D. McKissick in this one, unfortunately. Um, so to be honest, these are just two very frustrating backfields. I think the rookies are clearly the best guys in their backfields and it's just only a matter of time before they start taking over. Um, maybe with Dobbins, it happens a little bit later than, than usual because I think it is kind of a tendency of the coaching staff to use a backfield by committee uh, in Baltimore. But I do think uh, Antonio Gibson is going to take over his backfield at some point. They've already expressed interest in doing it. And the coaching staff has shown propensity to use a workhorse back. So don't, don't be too worried about Gibson. But if you can start better options uh, for now, then I would go ahead and do so. Wide receiver wise, Hollywood Brown is supposed to be on uh, Ronald Darby and Terry McLaurin is supposed to see Jimmy Smith. So these are the only two guys that receiver I really care about in this matchup. Um, you can miss me with the, with Dontrell Inman. I don't care that he had two touchdowns, but yeah. Um, Hollywood going up against Darby should be advantage Hollywood. He's kind of looking a little bit worse than I would hope Hollywood Brown would look and Terry McLaurin going up against Jimmy Smith. I think Terry McLaurin can get it done against him. Tight end wise. You obviously start, uh, Mark Andrews, but I think you all obviously start Logan Thomas as well. Logan Thomas has seen seven plus targets and a high snap share in each of the, the first three games. Uh, he's had every week start. He's kind of an every week starter at this point to basically um, on his usage and low key. He might be a buy low for when Haskins, I think Haskins is going to get replaced at some point by either Alex Smith or, or Kyle Allen. I think both of them are better quarterbacks than, than Dwayne Haskins is playing right, like right now. So that could be a, uh, a sneaky upgrade for Logan Thomas and his fantasy potential. I'm not worried about Mark Andrews at all. He had a bad game. I understand it, but Mark Andrews is, is, is so good and he's going to get right in this matchup against Washington. I think. Uh, 4 p.m. games. The New York Giants against the Los Angeles Rams. Quarterback Daniel Jones, uh, you sit him. Uh, and quarterback Jared Goff, you start him. Jones hasn't looked great so far this year, in my opinion. I'll sit him until he shows like he can be consistent and he can 
actually carry an offense. Goff, on the other hand, has actually played pretty well, and he faces a, a Giants defense that ranks bottom 10 in coverage and pass rush, according to PFF. So I think Goff and the Rams passing offense should probably do pretty well in this one. Running back-wise, I think you sit them all for New York because I don't want anything to do with the Giants' backfield. Like, I actually, like, personally, just don't give a fuck about it. Like, I, if you wasted money on five carry Freeman, that's probably your own fault. I don't want to start Deion Lewis. They just signed Alfred Morris. Like, I don't care about this backfield. I don't care that someone might get some carries each week. Like, I, I honestly don't want to start any of them because it's a bad offensive line. It's a bad offense, and they're bad running backs. So I don't really care. Um, Daryl Henderson on the Rams side, I think you can flex. Henderson's, like, interesting, I guess, but despite the tough matchups, he'll probably, or the tough matchup against the Giants' run defense, which is actually very good, he'll probably be solid in this one. But I, to be honest, I'd rather start a guy like Carlos Hyde, Antonio Gibson, Mark Ingram, all over a guy like Daryl Henderson, but I would start Daryl Henderson over a guy like Josh Kelly, over a guy like Jeff Wilson, and over a guy like J.K. Dobbins, if that gives you an idea of where I kind of see Henderson. I am lower on him than consensus is, but I still think he's kind of like in that RB30 range that you could start him. Uh, wide receiver-wise, you flex uh, Darius Slayton. I think you can emergency flex Golden Tate, and you start both Rams receivers as usual. Slayton, he's obviously a volatile play. I was a little – I'll say I was a bit wrong when I thought he would turn into kind of like an every-week top 24 receiver. I think he is still very volatile because he's like a downfield guy, and Daniel Jones is just volatile in general. Um, but I do think he is flex-worthy in this one considering that they – assuming they don't have Ramsey shadow him, which I don't think Ramsey will – because Jalen Ramsey shadows like number one receivers and Darius Slayton hasn't proven to be a number one receiver yet. So I think they'll probably just play sides with Jalen Ramsey. And if that's the case, then they'll probably move Darius Slayton away from him to get him uh, targets. And I think he'll have a good game. Um, wide receiver wise uh, on the Rams, I think cup has the great matchup again this week. Robert Woods is going to undoubtedly shadow um, Robert or sorry, James Bradbury is undoubtedly going to shadow Robert Woods in this one. I think Cooper Cup going up against Darnay Holmes in the slot, as you can see, is the biggest um, wide receiver advantage on the week, uh, according to PFF. So I think Cooper Cup is going to have a field day in this one, and he's going to be in my top eight receivers, to be honest. And Woods probably see a downgrade. He's more of like wide receiver 20 for me, even though he had an okay game against Trey White last week. Uh, tight end-wise, I think you start Evan Ingram, and you start uh, Tyler Higby. Obviously, Tyler Higby is an every-week start the way he's playing. But uh, the targets are there for Evan Ingram, but he kind of looks bad from what I'm seeing. Like he, he hasn't really looked like the explosive Evan Ingram that we kind of remember. I might sell him to be honest, if, if I have him and he has big name appeal, right? Everyone knows who Evan Ingram is. I think you can sell him for someone like TJ Hawkinson. If they're worried about um, Kenny Galladay coming back, I think you can sell him for someone like Mike Gesicki or Noah Fant um, with the quarterback kind of jumble in uh, Denver or Johnny Smith with the whole COVID thing. Like I would rather have, those guys than Evan Ingram at this point. Um, on to the next game. Uh, the Patriots at the Chiefs, quarterback-wise, you fire them both up. Hopefully Cam can get into the end zone with his feet in this one because I think that's kind of going to be the case with Cam uh, going forward. If he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, he might disappoint you because he, he kind of seems like the same passer he's always been, but he might be a little bit better than he was uh, previously. But running back-wise, and then obviously you start Mahomes uh, every week. Running back-wise, uh, start of the week is Rex Burkhead at the running back position. Uh, don't chase Sony Michelle. He'll probably never have another 100 yard rushing game in his career. If James White is out again, and this, this is what hinges Burkhead as my, my start of the week. If James White plays in this one, then absolutely do not start Rex Burkhead. But given the nature of what happened to James White and prayers up to his family, all, all, as always, um, Burkhead should be a flex starter with James White out in games that James White has missed. Rex Burkhead actually averages 7.5 targets per game compared to two and a half when James White has played. So Rex Burkhead, I, he's in my top 30. Like, I think he's a startable asset this week. And then, uh, obviously, duh, you start Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because, I mean, the volume is just outrageous for him, and he's running a lot of routes, and he's finally getting more involved in the passing game, which you absolutely love to see. Uh, wide receiver-wise, on the Chiefs side of things, you start Tyreek Hill, and I would sit both Hardman and Watkins and, and Demarcus Robinson. Uh, I better put some uh, – or, sorry – until uh, Hardman outsnaps either Demarcus Robinson or Sammy Watkins, or one of these guys goes down, I cannot start McCole Hardman. I know he had a huge play and uh, a couple targets in this game, but he's a desperation play. That's going to happen with McCole Hardman. I think Watkins will likely see shadow coverage by Stephon Gilmore in this game, and Tyreek Hill will, will likely get uh, Jonathan Jones in the slot. And I think Tyreek Hill, even though Jonathan Jones is a good corner, I think Tyreek Hill should uh, take care of that matchup. So I think this is more of a Tyreek Hill game. Um, in terms of the New England wide receivers, I would start Julian Edelman, but I would sit Nikhil Harry. Um, I would, I better put, start putting some respect on Legereus Sneed because he's kind of shutting guys down out here. 
he's a fourth round rookie corner and Harry is like a fringe starter anyway. Um, but Edelman's volume uh, in this game makes him a low end wide receiver too. But I wouldn't, I would not be starting to kill Harry because based on how we've seen LeJerry Sneed play and kind of to kill Harry's role, I don't think he's safe enough to start in this game. Like he's like a wide receiver 48 or something for me. So he's kind of off the radar. Um, into the last four o'clock game, we have the Bills and the Raiders quarterback wise. I think duh, you start Josh Allen and you sit Derek Carr in this one. Despite this matchup being kind of less scary than we think for Derek Carr, I can't trust Derek Carr to perform against a good defense, albeit underperforming because the Bills defense, their pass defense especially, is not nearly as good as it was last year, but it is still great on paper. And I really don't trust Derek Carr with like virtually no receivers uh, to do well in this game. Running back wise, Singletary, if Moss is out again, Devin Singletary is guaranteed 15 to 20 touches. So I think you definitely start him in this game. And then obviously you start Josh Jacobs every week, no matter the matchup. Wide receiver wise in this game, Stephon Diggs is just is making everyone except for myself look stupid because I was on Stephon Diggs in the off season. Um, John Brown, I think you can start in this game as well. And then the Raiders guys, I, I don't want to start any of them, uh, especially if Ruggs is out, which I think he will be. Uh, Brian Edwards is supposed to get um, is supposed to get Trey White and Trey White in in coverage, probably not shadow coverage, but. Uh, either way, I don't want to start Brian Edwards. I think Renfro is the only guy I'm even willing to emergency flex. I think he's like a high-end wide receiver four for me this week. So I think you can emergency flex him if you have to. But in general, I don't really want to start any of the the Raiders receivers. Um, as far as like the Bills side of things, Trayvon Mullen is, is supposed to be the guy that's going to be on Stephon Diggs. And he's no slouch. He's actually played pretty well. But Diggs is going to wipe the floor with him because he did the same with Jalen Ramsey. And uh, John Brown should perform uh, great opposite uh, Diggs against – uh, rookie De- uh, Damon Arnett. And uh, both of these guys are top 30 options for me with Diggs actually being in my top five this week. Uh, tight end wise, I think you, like there's no tight end you could start on the Bills. And then duh, you obviously start Darren Waller. I kind of called the fact that Darren Waller might have a down game last week. Uncle Bill obviously isn't as dumb as Sean Payton and just lets Darren Waller get all the catches he wants. So I expect Darren Waller to rebound and bounce back in this one. Uh, Sunday night football. Ugh. Philadelphia Eagles versus the 49ers. I don't really like this game. It's kind of gross to be honest, but uh, quarterback wise, I think you sit them both uh, to be honest. Not the, not the 49ers still rank first in total defensive grade per PFF, despite losing all the stars that they've lost like Nick Bosa and um, Richard Sherman right now. And, and Solomon Thomas and all that stuff. They still have a good defense or a well-coached defense. And Wentz has still been playing terrible. So I don't really want to start Carson Wentz, even though the, the defense is depleted. Uh, and then obviously whoever starts for the 49ers, whether it's Nick Mullins or, or, or Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think they're really startable. I, I think they might have better game than we anticipate, but I don't trust either of them in my lineup. Uh, running back wise, I think, duh, you start um, Miles Sanders every week. And then Jarek McKinnon, I think you start, and I think you can emergency flex Jeff Wilson as well. 18 opportunities and 62% of the snaps for Jarek McKinnon last week. Obviously this makes him a viable flex, uh, flex option if his ribs and whatever other injury he has can hold up and he's going to play at full strength in this one. Maybe we have to wait word on that, see what the practice reports are like. If he's practicing in full though, I'm not overly worried. Um, In terms of Jeff Wilson, 15 opportunities for Jeff Wilson also kind of make him an emergency flex option because the Niners backfield has always been kind of like a two man game. And I think Jeff Wilson is going to have a role in this game. Uh, Wide receiver wise, uh, just absolutely yuck for the Eagles. I don't want to start any receivers for the Eagles if I can help it. And then um, for the 49ers, I think emergency flex, Brandon Ayuk. Um, there's some rumblings that Darius Slay is shadowing Brandon Ayuk in this game, which probably won't end well for Brandon Ayuk because Slay has been pretty good. I don't really care about the matchups though for, for Deshaun Jackson and Greg Ward. I don't really want to start either of them, but Greg Ward, if you absolutely have to, I think you can start him as like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Um, but I think there's just better options out there. I'd rather start guys like T Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, all those guys I mentioned already. Um, tight end wise, uh, done, duh, if, uh, George Kittle is healthy, but obviously you start Zach Ertz every week. Uh, now that Dallas, uh, Dallas Goddard is 100% out. And then George Kittle, if he's healthy, you definitely be starting him, uh, on to Monday night football, the Falcons at Packers, um, fire both of the quarterbacks up in this game. I don't care that both of their top receivers are likely going to be out for this one. There's a 58 point over under in this game. So I'm, I'm 100% starting Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. I think running back wise, Don Aaron Jones, he's playing out of his mind. And I think you start Todd Gurley in my weekly rankings. It's kind of funny. Todd Gurley is always like the divider between the volume hogs and the guys that we hope get volume. 
So right now, Todd Gurley is at 23, right after Miles Gaskin, who I expect to get a lot of volume, and right before Mike Davis, who we think is going to get a lot of volume. Uh, or sorry, right behind Gaskin and Mike Davis, who we know is going to get a lot of volume, and then behind McKinnon, who we think is going to get a lot of volume. So if we can get if you can get rid of Todd Gurley though, for his washed up ass, I, like I might have been wrong about DJ being washed, uh, David Johnson, but Gurley looks like he's about 36 years old out there. I think Adrian Peterson would beat him in a race right now. And he gets absolutely no targets in a wildly pass-heavy offense. So, I mean, all that is just bad signs for Todd Gurley. I think as far as the wide receivers goes, um, Calvin Ridley in this game is obviously an every-week start. And Russell Gage, PFF, it looks like they expect him to play. So if he plays, you can definitely flex or start him. Um, and I think without Devontae Adams, you can flex Lazard pretty confidently and emergency flex MBS. Um, Atlanta, or from the Atlanta perspective, they expect Calvin Ridley to be on Jair Alexander, which makes a lot of sense. I think Jair Alexander is an okay corner, but Calvin Ridley is going to wipe the floor with him. Russell Gage, if he plays, should be on Shandon Sullivan, which shown, like probably won't end well for him. Um, and I think PFF, or PFF, along with myself, think both of the studs, Adams and Julio, will miss this one. So if that's the case, the guys I mentioned, uh, Lazard, Gage, and MVS are all in play to be started. Uh, tight end wise. Um, I think you could start Hayden Hurst, but I, I think he has to do well in this game without Julio. Again, you got to do well, especially if Gage is out in this game too. Uh, Hayden Hurst has to do well or else I am selling him like the play. Uh, and then on the Packers side of things, they don't have any valuable tight ends. Get out of here with Robert Tanyan or whoever else you're going to talk about. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's all the matchups. If you guys enjoyed, make sure you guys like this video, comment any of your thoughts down below, any start sick questions you have. Leave any kind of comments you can, period, because it all helps the YouTube algorithm. It helps us grow. It helps uh, our view count, all that kind of stuff. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hit the bell icon if you want to be notified anytime we post videos, anytime we go live, all that kind of stuff. And make sure you guys go check out our friends at Jock Market, new official sponsor of the Fantasy Stock Exchange. They will be sponsoring this video every single week, and as well as our DFS videos and our live streams uh, Sunday morning. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys go check out them. Um, Take it easy, guys, and I will see you next time.